0: All right. And we are back again for another episode of the Young Millionaire Training Podcast. I got a super special guest. I know I say that every time I have a guest here that I got a super special guest. But this one is really a super special guest. This one, if you ask me, I consider to be my brother. And I don't just mean like the context of that's my brother. Like I call a lot of people my brother. We literally call each other tall and short twin. That's how it is. And tall and short twin is because... We don't think we look alike, but when we were in college, people used to think that we were brothers for some reason, although he happens to literally be a foot taller than me. Okay, like literally a foot taller. I'm not even exaggerating. He's actually an entire foot taller than me. But we met in college. He was actually my roommate for whatever reason. I don't like the term sweet mate, CJ. So just, yeah, for what, I ain't never liked that. I ain't never liked that term. I like my roommate. And for some reason when we were in college, I think I was a sophomore and I think they went and found the two tallest people on campus and put them in the room with the two shortest people on campus. (laughs) I don't know how they did that, but that's when we initially met and started building a relationship and that ultimately is a friendship. And he's one of the few people that I talked to on a, Pretty frequent basis from college that I consider to be a confidant and somebody that I can call to get advice from and call to vent to and call to get information from and get different perspectives from. Because a lot of times I don't always feel like I have that person to go to. And he's been that person for me over time. So I definitely want to say I appreciate you for that. In addition to that, however, he's here today as an author a real estate investor, an entrepreneur, and just an all-around great guy, to be totally honest with you. He's one of those kind of people who he has a presence about him that it's almost an infectious type of presence about him because when you're around him you feel like you need to stand up straight and not just because he's tall but like it's the way he carries himself he makes you feel like you need to stand up straight and and present yourself right and and speak properly and act like you got some sense okay he always had an old soul (laughs) yeah you always had an old soul to you cj so with no further ado my brother calvin wright i call him cj Y'all can call him whatever y'all want to call him, but <laughs> he'll take it. And if he don't like it, he will correct you. I promise. But with that being said, CJ, thank you so much for joining me, brother. I appreciate you. I love you, brother. I want to say that openly and publicly to the people. So once again, thank you for being here today, bro.
1: For sure, man. I love you too, man. And it's a pleasure to be here, bro. For sure.
0: One thing I actually or uh, missed before I, I tell you to go into your interview, I just realized how long we had known each other. Bro, it's, it's been... It's almost going on 20 years, <laughs> 16, 15, 16, 17, yeah. somewhere around, there. Yeah, somewhere around <laughs> there. I was like, wow, Jesus Christ!" because I used to hear my dad and they'll talk about the people that they know for 20 years. And i was like, boy, that's a long time to know somebody.
1: <laughs> I, like, I never thought about that. We are yeah. close to that. I've never thought about that. I met you when I was 18 years
0: old. Yeah, I know that just it just dawned on me, too. When I was sitting and thinking, I was like, I met him. I was like, I didn't meet him at the end of college. I was like, I met him at the beginning. At the beginning of the college. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I met him at the beginning. I was like, ooh, yeah, I've been out for 15 years. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, ooh, okay. Nah, but with that being said, bro, tell us a little bit about the man that is Calvin.
1: I'm just regular old CJ, man. Like you said, I'm an entrepreneur. I own a little bit of real estate. The right step forward is my business. With that being said, I say it's a business, but it's also a brand. Kind of all about promoting positivity and teaching people how to become the best version of themselves. So there's a lot of like factors that go into the business, a lot of projects that we're working on releasing. But as of right now, the main thing is a basketball training program where we're able to actually get our hands on kids and teach them how to become good people as well as good basketball players. But we're working on kind of like getting into the school systems and other things as well, kind of like adding some mentor pieces to it.
0: That's been one of the things that I've admired, too. And I actually probably should have shared this with you prior to. I think that one of the things I enjoy about Right Step Forward, as opposed to other similar programs that I've seen around the country, is that you hone in on the business side of it as well as the basketball side or the sports side. And then on top of that, because I know you, even though you haven't even said this to me, you also actually hone in on making these young men and women better people. For sure. Yeah. And I know that's something that you hone in on. It's not just about, let me see, can I create the next D1 athlete? (laughs) Like yours is actually, whether you're a D1 athlete or not, you still need to be a good person in society.
1: Because the reality of it is, whether well, you play Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, most of us won't make it to the NBA. So now you've got to learn how to actually, you should be a good person if you make it to the NBA as well. But ultimately, if you got to go get a job and connect with people, it helps for people to like you. <laughs> right, agree,
0: agree. And of course, the reason why we more so primarily have you here today is my brother has become an author. And I'm so proud, as I actually said in the previous episode, That's something I've been personally working on for probably about four years now. And I just keep finding hangups and reasons not to finish it. I actually finished the book one time, scrapped the whole thing because I didn't like it. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, you know what? It ain't, nah, man, whatever. And started a new one and haven't finished it and haven't seen it through. One of my small regrets. So when I say I'm proud of you, brother, that you have completed it and become an author and you're growing it, I'm sincerely proud of you. So with that being said, bro, tell us about, the book man
1: uh man the book so the title of the book is the right step forward the four quarters of a success what the book is about okay the premise of the book our success is an inside job right so everybody believes that in order to become successful in life, it's always about, I got the mansion, I got six billion dollars in the bank account, boom. But people forget that it starts with you becoming a good person. Once you actually become a good person on the inside, good things manifest in way, good things will manifest themselves out. And once that becomes a happen, you can then have real success. Not just success and a materialistic aspect, but success in life and in your own personal life. And that's what's needed and necessary.
0: That's 100%, bro. And that stuff is so important. That's why I said I already knew you were doing that anyway, just from those interactions, because you're just naturally the type of person that makes people better just by being around you. So I know if you're actually putting in that effort to do it. And then when you told me you were now putting that in a book for other people to read. Yeah, I was super excited about that. Thank you for that. What was your inspiration for actually putting it in a book? (laughs)
1: So here's the thing. So like you say, ultimately, of course, the goal is I felt like I had something in me that I could use that help bless and change and help other people. So that was the inspiration. I wanted to give it to people in in a different way. And that was that. But it it all started. I remember like, for I wrote the book about like 10 years ago. So I actually went back to it, started editing it, got with my content editor, fixing things up and making it what it is now. So it can actually be for the consumer. But 10 years ago, I just kind of always told myself, I'm going to leave a legacy. I'm going to leave something that's going to help people because that's who I am. I want to help the world and change the world. So I said, I'm going to leave something that's going to help people through my gifts and my passions. And that's where it started from. My inspiration was, what can I do to create something that's going to bless the world outside of myself and leave a legacy for myself? And what better than a book? I get a chance to put my thoughts, my heart and my emotions into something that I'm passionate about and give it to people.
0: No, I definitely love that, bro. So the... Almost a very close to identical answer came up from the young lady before when I asked her about her motivation, even though y'all had totally two different reasons, which I shared because she shared it out loud. Her book is called Pearls for Mama, and she actually wrote the book after her mother died from breast cancer, and it was about going through the grief and healing process of breast cancer. And obviously, y'all are coming from two totally different places, but y'all answers were very similar about... Wanting to leave that legacy, share that passion with the world, and ultimately wanting to help people. And so I was sitting here as you were talking. And I was like, I'm glad to be surrounded by such good people, because <laughs> I think those things are so important. Because those are my reasons as well for why I want to put out the podcast, for why I want to write a book. Because I want to leave that legacy. I want to, I want to reach people that I can't reach otherwise. Because I know I have something to offer people, and I know it's a gift. And one of the things that we often, I think, don't harp on that I know 100 percent applies to you is it's ultimately a mission that God has given you. And it's your mission to spread that as much as possible. And everybody always thinks of ministering or preaching from a pulpit. But there are so many other ways to minister because there are people that have never stepped inside the walls of a church that still need to hear certain messages. It's not even just about the salvation. Some people just need, how do I get through
1: the next day? You know, deal? it's funny that you say that. <laughs> I think I actually may have had the conversation with you early, early this week on the phone. You saying that, right? The beauty of what I've been going through lately, now that the book's complete and I get a chance to talk to a lot of people, is a lot of conversations that I have with people in general seem to be touched on in a book and that's confirmation for me that i'm doing the right thing so like for instance you talked about how it's not always about managing the pulpit it's really just more about you uniquely being yourself and you allowing who you are and the gifts and passions that you have to touch other people in whatever ways that they can again that's in a book but it's like you're saying that's perfectly said it's not about you being perfect or seeing in the perfect image it's about you being okay with being yourself and then giving that to people and using it to touch people in a positive way
0: absolutely Bro, one of the things that I want to also touch on that you do before we get back to the book, he's an influencer on social media as well, which I did not mention earlier. He's also an influencer. So make sure that you go follow all his social media. All that'll be down in the description to it. One of the things that you talk a lot about is passion and purpose. So talk to me a little bit before we go back to the book about how you can discover passion and purpose, or how you went about discovering passion and purpose, and then you knowing that's actually what it is, and not just something i like to do today.
1: (laughs) For sure, for sure. So it's a saying, and this is actually in the book as well, it's a saying, when you're good at something, you'll tell everybody. When you're great at something, people will tell you, Mm -hmm. right? And then here's something else. One thing for me is like my basketball training business. When I started off doing that, one thing I noticed was I really love basketball, obviously, (laughs) me playing college ball and everything. I really love the atmosphere. I really love helping people. It was something that I noticed I will always do for free. So then when I noticed it was something that I would give for free, of course, wisdom said at that point, create a business out of it and use it to benefit you outside of that. But ultimately... I was passionate about it. I was so passionate about it that I knew I would do it for free. So that's one way of figuring out what your passions are. If I don't have to beg you to be in this position and you're always willing to do it, you're probably more or less passionate about it. It comes down to purpose, it's more or less finding out who you are and what are you supposed to be doing, right? Like for me, my ultimate gift is teaching, right? Mm-hmm. So in various forms, I do teaching and that's my purpose in life is to help teach people how to become better versions of themselves through whatever vehicle that I'm using at the time. And you learn that by learning yourself and just more or less moving and operating in what you do. And those questions slowly start to become answers for you if you're staying on the right track and you're pursuing those things.
0: That's one of the things that I've been trying to harp on during this mental health push that I've been going in. We all understand. Let me not say all. Like I hate generalizing like that, that you need to find your passion and your purpose. We all know like the, that you should, but we often don't get practical Advice on how to do these things. Like I talk a lot about forgiveness. I knew why I should forgive, but nobody like ever taught me how. Mm -hmm. And learning how, I needed practical steps. Like, what's the very first thing I do? And that's why I, I wanted to ask you that question at that moment, so that we didn't mull over it. Was. How do you go about finding your passion? Because I knew you would give me a practical answer on what it is that you need. Because if there's one thing that CJ is, he is practical. The brother is practical to the point, and I'm gonna pick on him a little bit. Like I said, this is my brother. I'm gonna pick on him a little bit. He be out here messing up the group texts with his Android because iPhones ain't practical. He be we be mad at him. Everybody, it's eight people in the group text, and CJ got it green. We be mad at him all the time. So, like the brother is practical, but. That's the beauty of his personality that he is so practical because he's like that very foundational piece. And he's that I call it stone. Like, bro, we know that you always going to be rooted and grounded and not that he can never make mistakes or never sway. But we know that your roots run really deep and you're always going to be rooted and grounded in that we can always lean on you if we need it to type of situations. Thank you definitely for answering that. bro. I know I asked you about your inspiration. So you said you wrote the book 10 years ago. What was your motivation to bring it back up now? Was it something that sparked? What brought it back now? Like, why
1: not five more years from now? Uh, So... I'm walking with my mom. This is last December, right? And I'm telling my mom, like, plans, I'm doing this. I got this going on. I'm thinking about this. I got to get something going on the way. I got to get something concrete. And we're just having a walk. Because at this point in time, we were going on walks every morning. And I was our way of talking, building, and just staying in shape. But at the time, we're walking. And it was like God was speaking to me. He just says, bro, I gave you a book 10 years ago. You ain't did nothing with it. That's your project. He said, get that done now. And I heard so. I walked through with it. Said maybe it's time for me to go ahead and get it done now. Here we are a year later.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bro, look, it's so funny. you talking about the confirmation and I hate to just keep referencing that, but this was another conversation I had with the young lady in the last mm-hmm. one I was telling her about is so interesting. Uh, we were actually talking about numbers. You and I have talked about this quite a bit. I was talking about numbers with the podcast and I said, it was so crazy because so many times in my life, I asked God or wondered is that guy talking to me or is that me coming up with it myself? And we were talking about numbers and looking at numbers and who's like for her, who's reading your book, who's following, who's watching. And I was telling her when I started up this season of the podcast, typically within the first day or so, or even the first hours, first two, three hours, I have 25 to 50 listens. And I was very nervous about coming out with the mental health side because I was like, most people are so used to me only talking about financial stuff. I'm not certain anybody's going to want to listen to me about mental health stuff, or I was concerned that people would lose confidence in me because they were like, man, I'm not listening to this crazy man talk about no money. I man, he's crazy, man. He's all depressed. He, yeah, I, I was concerned. It was a worry of mine. I was like, I'd be obedient. I go through and do it. And the first day, bro, I put it out and I noticed it was half a day that it had been out. And I only had five listens. And I was like, I knew nobody was going to listen. That's something I've expressed to you before. And I was like, nobody wants to listen to me unless I'm talking about money. But I'm so much more well-rounded than that. And nobody wants to listen to me. Then I closed it out. And a few minutes later, I went to go pull it up again and look at it. And I heard a guy clear as day. He was like, let me worry about the numbers. And you worry about what I told you to say. (laughs) You worry about that. And that's where I've been at. And it stopped me from checking the numbers all the time. And then the numbers returned and actually went up from where they were at when I was even talking about money. And so <laughs> that's why I say it's always so great. And she was just sharing that experience when the Lord spoke very clearly to her about idols with her book. So I wanted to offer that confirmation to you as well. Yeah, you you right where you're supposed to be and you heard exactly what you know you heard. I know you know that, but it's still good to get that confirmation sometimes that, yes, if you know that's what you heard. Yes, you really know. That's what you heard, which is why I wanted to kind of offer that. So I know you said last year, but you had written it 10 years ago. I do happen to know you are a bit of a perfectionist. I do know (laughs) that about you. So how long did it get it to a place where you were ready to put it out?
1: oh <laughs> the whole year like anything like we were sitting on this since september and then we waiting we have recently finished this product in january to feel good about releasing it at this point so it's been the whole process because like you said i am a perfectionist If i'm gonna put a product out there it needs to be good because it speaks of who i am as well as everything that i'm trying to do absolutely i had to make sure it was right but it's right check it out it's right
0: yeah Oh, I know it's, it's literally called the right step. Yeah, I was like, right <laughs> yeah, it's the right step for it. <laughs> like, yeah, we, we know it's right. Yeah, nah, absolutely. And that's the thing. And I can personally attest to that about him because I'm not really joking about him being a perfectionist. But that's the one thing I tell you. Anytime that you deal with CJ, you're going to get a quality book, you're going to get a quality product, whatever it is. Because the one thing that I've always admired about you, CJ, when I said like, you're always that stone, The one thing that CJ is really good at that most people are not is being able to articulate how you feel and understanding your limits. Because I was like, most people, well, let me not even say most people. If CJ can do something, he will do it and he's going to do it to his full ability. If he can't do it to his full ability, he will just let you know, I can't do it. (laughs) Or I'm not available to do it. Most people won't do that. And I'm sure you've run into that plenty of times where they be like, oh, no. i was like, I'm guilty of it. I do it. But I was like, CJ has always been really good at that. And I'm like, not that he's being mean or anything. He just, look, I don't have the capacity to do it. And I don't want to halfway do anything if I agree to do it. I say that in this context because I know if he put out a book and it's at a place where he's ready to release it then I know it's good. Even with it being sight unseen to me, I can speak on it because I've known him long enough to know he doesn't do anything halfway. (laughs) Like he's not a halfway person. He's all in or no, I just can't do it. And he doesn't have a problem voicing that, which I've always admired that about you that you have. So I'm going to give y'all a quick little story. It's funny because I did the same thing when Tremaine was up here. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, bro, we got to hit some stories. No, because CJ was the one when I was talking about like him being really disciplined and he makes people around him better. As y'all mentioned, he played college ball. He played at North Carolina Central, a couple other colleges, but obviously I knew him at North Carolina Central. CJ was the one, like, bro, we got practice tomorrow at 6 a.m. I'm not going out. <laughs> yeah, that was CJ. He was like, I'm not going out. Like, it's nothing that his teammates was about to say to him. They're not going to peer pressure him into it. He was like, I don't drink. I'm not drinking. <laughs> that's it. (laughs) There's not enough words in the English language for y'all to put together to make me, because I know what I have to do. I came here to play basketball. I came here to be a student. If I have time to party and it does not in any way interfere with these two things, (laughs) then I will do it. But yeah, and I was like, he was always good to see that determination. As you mentioned, you were 18 and he always had that discipline about him. And not that he's never faltered on his discipline at any point, but From a fundamental standpoint, bro, you always had your discipline there. That was something I noticed about you very early on. And when I say that he made people around him better. So another portion of that story, and I kind of let you speak to this a little bit, too. Our other roommate, when I said the tallest person was M, and M was (laughs) 6'9". That's my guy, man. Yeah. And M was actually, where was M from? Lithuania. Lithuania. Yeah, M was from Lithuania. Lithuania. And and it was crazy because we went to an HBCU, so M just stuck out. Like, (laughs) he a 6'9", white guy, at HBCU. Like, when I say M stuck out, (laughs) like, he just stuck out, just totally. But that was our other roommate, or one of our other roommates, one of our two roommates. And I thought it was so great with him coming over here that he got placed with you because I think that helped set him up for success, too, because him being in such a new environment, I just think it really helped set him up being around you. I hate to say role model, but you were his role model just because he was, like, just stuck up under you because he was like, this is my roommate. This is who I know, so...
1: <laughs> I guess I never looked at it from that perspective because M is my guy. Me yeah. and M still actually keep in contact every oh, now nice. and again. Facebook, yeah, yeah. So M, my guy, man. He doing really well over there in Lithuania. He was actually playing for them a little bit. But like you say, man, ultimately, I was just being myself. A lot of times when you're in the moment, you're not necessarily thinking, like, I didn't come in there thinking, I'm going to lead him and look like this and be this. It's just... Like you say, I knew what I wanted out of life. I knew what my focus was. So I just aligned with it.
0: Now I understand. You always did a really good job with that. Question for you, CJ. Not to get totally way off. So look, this is the thing. I'm gonna go ahead and let the listeners know. I'm sorry if the conversation go all (laughs) over the way. I told him beforehand, I was like, it could go all over the place because I this is somebody I literally talked to. Like we could probably sit up here for five hours. We really just wanted to and just talk. So I try not to go too far off, but Who was your motivation? Because from my understanding, I always just assumed it was your father. That mm-hmm. kind of instilled a lot of things into you, and I never asked you. It was just something that I assumed, just based on things you told me about your father, me seeing your father, you looking like him, having his namesake, like all those different things. I just assumed, okay, he's just like uh, I used the term loosely because you're not a miniature, but like a miniature version of his father. <laughs> yeah, so that was always assumed. So, is that where that kind of came from, or where
1: did that? Yeah, yeah. I- I'll say this: I've been blessed to have a good support system around me as a whole. But I will say one of the biggest influences is definitely my dad. Because I even hear I'm a miniature version of my dad a lot. Yeah. So with that being said, I was strongly credit him. But I think I'd be remiss if I didn't have my mom and my grandparents as a whole. Because they have definitely played big parts in a lot of things that I've done along the way. But that discipline thing, though, yeah, yeah, that's my pop. That's definitely him. That focus and discipline is definitely him.
0: I never asked, hey, bro, why are you so disciplined? Your daddy just tell you what to do. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to come at you like that, but I was always curious.
1: But I'm going to say this, though, even like how you see that discipline, it wasn't even like it was like he stayed on me and yeah. it made me become that way. It was really more of he modeled it and I picked up on it. You know what I'm saying? Like he was disciplined about his own thing. And it just stuck with me because I saw it more than what it was of him like giving me that structure. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. No, I get it because we go by what we see, not always what we hear quote-unquote, or what we're told to do. Because like I said, I I know I have a lot of my father and my stepdad characteristics on different things, and it was just based on what I saw from them. No, that's definitely dope, and I like that perspective on it as well. So when somebody is reading the book, the first thing, like when I get into the book, what's like step number one, like where are we starting at? More so where I'm getting
1: at. (laughs) So here we go. The right step for the four quarters of success. So the Mm -hmm. book is actually divided into four quarters. So each quarter focuses on a piece of your life that you need to collectively build to become a better version of yourself. So the first part is actually self. It's who are you? It's what standards do you live by? It's what self-value do you have and do you see for yourself and things of that nature? How are you viewing you to affect the world around you? How comfortable are you with being you? Because nothing else matters. I can give you, you know how it goes, man. I can put a million dollars in front of your face. And realistically, that won't make a difference because if you are corrupted within, you're going to do something to corrupt with that, that million dollars. But if you are cold within, you'll make better decisions around that
0: understood starting with self i love that i love that because you always have to start with self you always god. have to start with self but well, you start with god then with self you get god so that you can work on yourself but when you start working you work on yourself no i definitely agree also me bringing up that point and kind of part of the reason i brought that up another piece that i will actually give cj a, a some big kudos on so as my listeners are aware these last two months is i've re- captured or rededicated to my faith and christianity and jesus christ and all those different things. These last two months have been very new and inspirational for me. However, the one thing that I can always say I've known about CJ and recognize about CJ is his faith. Even when he was 18 like he was very strong in it. Even to the point where over the last, as we talked about, almost 20 years when we had different conversations, we have different conversations about it because CJ knew I knew about the faith and was in it and this, that, and third. And he was always bringing it up to me. And he knew I'd be over there kind of side-eyed him a little bit. And I was like, "I right, okay, bro. Yes, I know what the Bible says, CJ. Yes, I know. I'm going to listen to you, but I'll <laughs> I be side-eyed him a little bit. But no, in all seriousness, in this book, how much of the perspective is coming from a faith-based perspective?
1: So here you go. So I felt like I had to be wise in the presentation of everything. Right. So with that being said, there are principles instilled in the book, but it's not a preach in your Facebook because not everybody believes what I believe and I understand that. And I don't think it's fair to make everyone view things from that specific perspective when I'm trying to give you gems about life. So is it faith based per se? No. Are there principles involved? Yes. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. No, I enjoy that. And that's the way that I function even through the podcast. Like I'm open about my faith, but at the same time, there's some faith based principles in here now. But it's not a faith based podcast, even though I talk about it quite a bit more, just because that's where I'm at in life now. And it's just something that I have to talk about as a part of that. So two part question. I know this one may be a little interesting slash difficult for you to answer since you technically wrote the book 10 years ago. So if you just want to talk about the edits a little bit from this past year, what was the process of you writing the book? But the reason is two parts. I want to know what it was like emotionally for you. And then I also want to know the technical portion of it for you. What were those like? And you can start with either one of those you prefer to start with.
1: Okay. I'll say this it was a tedious process because like you said, the constant edits and things back and forth, you know, let me just take you to the beginning. I remember 10 years ago when I actually first started writing a book and how did I feel? I didn't really know whether it was going to be a good book or not, but I felt good about it because I knew I was putting my heart on paper. I knew that, the things that i was passionate about and the things that mattered to me was making it to the paper and it was making a difference and even so on because i wrote it so long ago the drive that i had about life was completely different than how i see it now i was really speaking from a point of wanting to reach and fulfill purpose the way i wanted to back then not knowing what it looked like and how to get there today i have a better more clear understanding and path coming from that perspective it was actually a lot more innocent which gives it a really good perspective now as I had a chance to over 10 years grow tune it, and actually bring it to a more, I guess, susceptible manner, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Matter of fact, before you go to the second part, I want to dig into that. I actually find it to be really interesting and fun that you could look at 10 years ago, CJ, and now CJ, and see the similarities and the likenesses. Is there anything that stuck out to you? If you could think of one thing that you disliked and one thing that you liked that stuck out to you from this past 10 years.
1: Oh, uh, in regards to the book, it just regards into myself in general.
0: Uh, in regards to things you learned from rereading the book 10 years later.
1: I won't go as far as to say it was something that I, I didn't like, but yeah. I, what I will say is it's clarity. Life has life has its way of bringing you different mm-hmm. experiences, change your perspective. So I've had an opportunity to see myself grow, whereas at one point it was trying to understand, knowing what I wanted out of life, but not understanding how to get to it. Whereas now is I actually have more of a of a disciplined path and clear path in getting it. It's kinda like with playing basketball. Everybody wanna make it to the NBA. But once you actually go through your practices, you, you go through the steps to understand of how to become a good player, it changes your perspective because you put in work by that time.
0: Understood. I was going to ask you, I was like, because you know, now 10 years later, you ain't got to be worried about me dunking on you because, you know, 10 years ago, he was probably worried about that 10 years ago. You know what I'm saying? He was, he was like, Warren, knees still fresh. My knees ain't as fresh no more, so he ain't worried about it. But he would, he ain't going to admit it, but I feel like he was worried about it 10 years ago. He was like, to me, let me stay. Because for the record, I've never dunked on him and he's never dunked on me. Granted, we've never played ball, but that still don't change the fact that it's never happened, okay? And you never will dunk on me, just to be very clear. It'd be, I, <laughs> I flake value for.
1: Before I let you I've go. always wondered, could you touch the rim since the day I met you? Bro, can you just here, touch bro. the rim? Bro,
0: don't worry, when you find out, it'll be too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just stand up under there, and we'll find out if I can or not. I was like, man, if you don't trust yourself to stand under there, I should let you know the answer. <laughs> nah, see, nah, I'm not gonna, get, I'm not gonna get into no debate with CJ today. Because like I said, we're going all day long, but. Yeah, I didn't know if that was just one of your concerns from 10 years ago or not. But but in all seriousness, what was something that you enjoyed seeing about yourself that you maybe probably kind of seen come to fruition than anything where you were like, I'm really proud of him being able to be that guy back then?
1: Yeah, I think it was really just completing the book because that's the follow through. Like The essence of the book is to find yourself while pursuing your passion, purpose, and including principles and disciplines in your life. Yeah. So the essence of the book is the fruition of what I'm talking about. I actually completed something that's with my principles and aligned with what I wanted to do. And I'm actually able to look at it. It's been a long road coming. So I would say just having a book in itself is a really proud thing.
0: No, I agree. agree. Like I said, that's a major accomplishment, like all sales aside, all that stuff, even completing it, like you said, is a major accomplishment. It's the biggest piece that I admire you for right now.
1: I appreciate that. One thing I always say about this book is like you say, all sales aside, prayerfully, this thing does amazing. But what if it doesn't, if this book never does anything and all I can do is give this book to my kids and their grandkids, they're able to read it. They'll be able to say my dad and granddad, this is what he stood for. And this is who he was. This is literally the principles of his heart placed in paper. Like that. They'll always have a piece of me regardless. And that says a lot to me.
0: I agree. Cause actually some of the things that I cherish most, out of all the things that I have is my book collection. That's a really good point, bro, because any book that I actually took the time to buy and add to my collection signifies something that was going on in my life at that time. That for I was sure. looking for an answer about. Unless it was a fiction book, but it's most of the kind of books that I read now are nonfiction. And even my rich dad, poor dad, like I have a like that was the start of me becoming the young millionaire trainer. So I think that's a really good perception that you have on that. And that's a really good thing. So definitely thank you for sharing that. So I mentioned about you being an influencer earlier. Talk to me a little bit about what kind of things people will find on your social media.
1: So my social media is me doing a lot of public speaking and I'll say motivational speaking and me just giving a lot of feedback and things that's on my heart at the moment. Just keeping people encouraged through the week because we all have our struggles and we all need that extra push to get through or just a collection of little wisdom and nuggets I'll give you. But something to think about so as you move forward, you're like, I do struggle in this area, or I could get better in this area, and it's something that I to kind of hear to pull from to help better yourself. I do a lot of just memes with just inspirational stuff on it, as well as basketball training videos because, again, I am a basketball trainer, so you'll see videos of me actually working with different clients and just helping them reach their goals.
0: Thank you for that, bro. Before we wrap up the interview, tell us where we can find the book.
1: So, you can find the book on Amazon. You can buy the book. It'll be an ebook, paperback, or hardback. You can get it any kind of way. Pre-sales actually start February 7th, and the book will be released on March 7th.
0: Perfect. And as I mentioned to you, CJ, I'm going to add this book to my Amazon store. So, if you follow me on IG, make sure you go into my Linktree and my Amazon storefront. There, yes, same place with the four hundred dollar toasters and all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, same place. It'll be a copy of the book there. It's all the products that I personally endorse that are available on Amazon, and your book, CJ, is one of those included. Obviously, he said it's getting ready to be released, so I haven't had opportunity to read it, but it is something I will read. But just because I know it came from his heart, and I have a pretty good understanding of who this gentleman is over the course of time. I can endorse the book, like I said, sight the scene. I don't even need to read it because I know who you are as a person. So I don't even need to read it first to know that it's quality and will help someone because he's helped me. And if he's giving you that same stuff that's helped me, then I know it'll help somebody else. Some of the things I say through in been things that you said to me. So I definitely know that. But before we get out of here, bro, you have any gems, anything that you want to leave the people with?
1: When we were talking earlier about the passion and purpose, there was one thing that had came to my mind that I didn't say. So I guess it's just something to think about, I guess, in the long term with purpose. I think sometimes we get caught up in this whole trying to figure life out thing that we don't look for the simplicity in life, right? So I say that to say this. Everything in life is intentional. Everything is here by design, yourself included. So don't get caught up in trying to feel like you're supposed to do whatever it is that you want to do or that you're here for no reason at all. You are here for a design purpose because there's something uniquely within you that only you have that nobody else has that's going to touch the world around you. So you have to make sure you find out why were you uniquely made, what's the intentions of your purpose, and then place yourself into it. Because once you do that, you're like a piece of the puzzle. And when that piece fits, it connects the whole big picture. But you have to tap into that purpose and understand the the intentionality of you being here.
0: I love that. Because when you're being intentional about things, it really makes things happen. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Thank you so much for joining me on my platform. I appreciate you. I love you deeply and sincerely, brother. Like I said, this is definitely my brother. Make sure y'all go and check all his social media. Once again, that's be down in the description of the episode. And until next time, y'all be good and keep your training going and definitely stay mentally healthy.